Michael Swain here. After Kansas fell to Texas on the road, 73 to 60, and the road woes continued for Kansas. It was a really an ugly game. KU struggled to score the ball in the first half, continued in the second half, really never got into a rhythm. KU moves now to one in five in true road games this season. Just starting off, my biggest takeaway from this game was really the lack of leadership that KU had. I thought there were specific moments in the game where KU looked lost offensively. Uh, I really felt like they didn't have much of a direction offensively. Unless they were getting out in transition, I there was not much going on. KU really struggled to get in any offensive sets. Nope, none of the plays are working. If you were to look at Bill Self on the sideline multiple times throughout the game, like he would throw his hands up and just show some disdain for what he was seeing on the floor. And to me, I read that as being frustrated with not running the offense correctly. And a part of that comes from this team being a young team. You know, your start your starting five today was Devon Dotson, a freshman, Quentin Grimes, a freshman, Ochai Abaji, a freshman. Marcus Garrett, a sophomore, and then Diedrich Lawson, a junior. That just is not a lot of experience on the floor and not a lot of experience in Bill Self's system. So starting off with the positive, Ochai Abaji got his first career start for KU. He started in place of LeGerald Vick. Abaji said he found out, quote, a few days ago. That's what he said after the game. And he was spectacular. I had the opinion earlier, and this has been put on Twitter as well, that I felt like that if you keep Abaji on the bench and keep him coming off the bench, you allow him to bring energy off the bench and you can spark the team that way. But I was really surprised in the way that he brought energy even starting in the starting five. And when he wasn't on the floor, KU really looked really slow, lost. Abaji played 35 minutes. 35 minutes as a true freshman like it's just incredible he played incredibly well shot the ball really well got KU really good efficient looks got to the free throw line as well at the end of the game when KU was in the double bonus he scored a career high 24 points on 8 of 10 shooting 2 of 4 from 3 and he didn't even miss a shot in the second half he went 4 of 4 from the field I thought something that Abaji did that was really positive for KU was that he gives them that above the rim threat. They mentioned it on the TV broadcast that KU had not had a dunk in the past three games. Abaji then throws down a dunk in transition. Quentin Grimes threw up a really nice lob and he threw it down. And then he also had a really nice jam in the first half where I think he dunked it with his left hand. And I was really just impressed overall with the energy that he brought and also the rebounding that he was able to do going against a Texas team that used two bigs. Baji had a total of seven rebounds with four of them coming on the offensive glass. I thought overall Ochai just was so good and even if you can get half of this performance from Ochai from now until the rest of the season that would be awesome. I really think that he showed the most poise out of any KU player on the floor, which is so ironic considering the fact that he literally has the least amount of 
college basketball experience of anybody that played for KU today. This was his seventh college basketball game, and he looked more poised than Devon Dotson, than Diedrich Lawson to some degree, who I'll talk about in a minute. I really, overall, Baji did have four fouls. That's the only negative part about his performance was the fouls, but that is something that can be whittled out of his game. A part of it is experience and not necessarily trusting his athleticism. You will see it at times. He will put two hands on the defender if they begin to drive by him, and that is something that can be taken out. Abaji has said he has talked to Curtis Townsend, one of the assistants, about it, and that's something that you can assume will be whittled out of his game. But I thought something that was very evident with the way that KU played today, and it really relates to the way that Diedrich Lawson played today, and it was the overall inexperience of the guards for KU. Having your best player be a big man is nice, but you have to surround him with experienced players. Not even surround. Having one extra experienced player because what happens is is teams are going to start to hone in on Diedrich Lawson and say, you want to know what, Diedrich Lawson? You're going to go and get 13 points on 4 of 15 shooting and 1 of 5 from 3. That's what he did tonight. And we're going to make the rest of your teammates beat us. We're not going to let you get 30 points and 15 rebounds. We're going to hold you and we're going to do all we can to stop you and make everyone else make shots. The problem with the way that KU plays at times is that when they get to the half-court offense, they look to dump it into Diedrich Lawson. But I thought that there was one play in particular that showed just not necessarily the inexperience, but just the, the inability to stay calm and make the smart move, the fundamental move. It came from LeGerald Vick, who I'll talk about a little bit later. But there was a play in the second half where he went to go throw a post-entry pass to Diedrich Lawson. And what he did was he was at basically, I'd say about maybe two or three feet to the right of the top of the key. And he threw the ball over to Lawson and the ball went over Lawson's head. The momentum of Lawson, had he caught it, would have carried him out of bounds. That's contrary to what Bill Self teaches. That's one of the first things you learn as a guard at Kansas is that when you throw a post entry from the wing, you throw it to the corner of the backboard because that way the big man can catch it out of the reach of the guy that is guarding him and then they can already have good low post position and go from there. What Vic did there was make it so Lawson had to move to go get the ball, which then makes it so the defender can push him out of the paint and make Lawson work that much harder to get the points. And that is something that Kiyu needs to continue to do is let Lawson get easy points around the rim because they don't have Yudoka Azebuke and he is the guy that usually would give you those easy looks around the rim just because he could muscle someone out of the way and go and dunk it. But I thought Jackson Hayes did a really good job of guarding Diedrich Lawson. He didn't go in full-on front Lawson where his butt is facing the front of Lawson. He went to about a three-quarter deny where he has his arm out and basically the back of his shoulder is facing the point guard. That way, Hayes was able to use his incredibly long wingspan and huge hands to grab any ball that came down and into the paint. And it really showed in the way that Lawson wasn't able to get easy post touches that you've seen when KU runs certain actions in the weave to get into a low post touch. Texas did a really good job of stopping that and Diedrich Lawson couldn't get going any other way. Lawson also didn't rebound the ball as well as I anticipated him to. He's had games this season where he's gotten 15, 13, 12 rebounds. He only got seven tonight. 
And a part of that, I felt like, and I think the majority of them came in the first half, but going against a Texas team that used the two bigs, I thought that Lawson would at least be able to try and get up there and get even more rebounds because KU was going to need it. But alas, he wasn't able to. And overall, rebounding-wise, KU did a pretty good job. They got out-rebounded in the first half and in the game, but in the second half, KU went to a two-big look and held its own with Texas. KU had 30... Texas had 31 rebounds to KU's 27. Texas had 10 offensive boards to KU's 8. So there's only a 4-rebound margin between the two. And going against a two-big team, I think that's really good. But the thing is, when KU was in that two-big look, they really just couldn't get much going on the offensive end. And a lot of that does revolve around LeGerald Vick, who was benched for the third time this season. Vic is one of those guys that you really need for KU to go far. Vic needs to be shooting the ball like he did at the beginning of the season and not like he has been as of late where he really is invisible until gar- almost, I wouldn't say garbage time, but all, he seems to come on when it's too little too late. And that can't happen for KU. Yes, Vic has had heroics like against Stanford, but he needs to be consistently good for Kansas. Good. That's it. Not fading in and out of games, he just has to be consistently active in there because he is so athletic on the defensive end that he can guard so many players and he is a good rebounder when he gets in there. But it feels like he just fades out of the game. Sometimes you'll look and KU will run an action for him and he doesn't necessarily have that change of pace to get open. It's more of a consistent pace around the screen, for example, and it allows the defender to stay with him and it makes it harder for him to score. Vic scored 10 points, 4 of 9 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. And from any other player on KU, you would take a 2 of 5 shooting night from them. But from LeGerald Vic, you need him to be making 4, 5, threes a game. And that's not something that can be consistently done, but you need to at least have those bursts where every third game you're getting a, a 5 or 6 three-point game from Vic. And it feels like right now we're at the point where it's going more of 5 or 6, 7 games where Vic you know, can't get up to the five or six three mark. I also thought that Devon Dotson, the numbers may not necessarily show it, but I didn't necessarily think that Devon Dotson was all that good tonight. He got nine points on three of six shooting, four rebounds, four assists. He did have three fouls. I thought that starting off, there was one foul. Devon Devon's first foul of the game was a really cheap one. And he has struggled with fouls this season, and that is something that he has to narrow down on. It was after a miss, and Dotson just reached in as Texas was bringing the ball up the court 70 feet away from the hoop, and the foul was called. Those are things that are entirely avoidable. That is when his youth shows, I feel like, because that is something as the starting point guard, you know that you are already foul prone, and you pick up fouls at a higher rate than just about anyone else on the team you can't be going in and reaching 70 feet from the hoop it's just something that has to be taken out of his game and outside of that I felt like he did not do a good job of setting up his teammates yes he finished with four assists but the three of them came in the last three minutes so for the majority of the game he was not the guy initiating things and I didn't think that he did a good enough job of getting Diedrich Lawson the ball of even getting other guys, Ochai, LeGerald Vick, the ball in good positions. 
as of late, I feel like Dotson has become not necessarily one-dimensional, but he has become very much a, okay, I'm driving it and shooting it, or I'm going to pass it off. At the beginning of the season, there were plays where he would get under the hoop and swing it out to a guy in the corner who would have an open three because he'd force the defense to collapse. But now it feels like when he goes to the rim, you know he's going to shoot the ball. I also thought that Quentin Grimes, I really thought that he was going to have a good game. Going against Texas, one of the teams that recruited him, he's from Texas. I thought that this had all the writing on the wall for this to be a really good game for him. And coming out of the gate, I thought it was going to be. He made KU's first three of the game, but outside of that, he didn't do anything. He had the lowest plus minus on the team of minus 20. KU got outscored by 20 points when he was on the floor. That's 12 more points than Charlie Moore got outscored. So when Charlie Moore was on the floor, KU got outscored by 8. When Quentin Grimes was on the floor for only 20 minutes, they got outscored by 20 points. That's a point per minute. It's just, at this point, I believe Quentin Grimes is talented. But it doesn't feel like inside this system and inside the current roster, that this is going to bring out the best in him. It feels like he is someone that would want to have the ball in his hand and someone that isn't necessarily that good at a, as catching and shooting. He, I mean, you saw it against Kentucky. He came off the one of the possessions that he had, the ball, he came off a screen and made a nice little 16-footer pull-up. There's little things like that that Grimes does well, but that he doesn't necessarily get the opportunity to at KU. Because as a spot-up shooter, he's not as good as LeGerald Vick. He may, honestly, you could make the argument that he could be more consistent, I guess, than LeGerald Vick has been as of late. But in general, LeGerald Vick has a higher shooting ceiling than Grimes does. I thought Bill Self's use of his bench was very interesting. I mean, he gave Mitch Lightfoot some minutes, Dave McCormick some minutes, KJ Lawson some minutes, Charlie Moore some minutes. And out of all of that, he got basically nothing you know Mitch Lightfoot was a good stopgap he played the most minutes he has in Big 12 play this year Dave McCormick got nine minutes but just out of that you know Mitch Lightfoot didn't necessarily give KU anything extra on the offensive end Dave McCormick got one basket and did have a really nice pass to LeGerald Vick out of the post when they doubled him I really liked the poise he showed there but just overall they got nothing Charlie Moore went scoreless in six minutes. KJ Lawson went scoreless in four minutes. Just overall, it felt like Bill Self was kind of scraping for things tonight, trying to find the player that could make the difference because that has been the thing all season. It has been the Diedrich Lawson show and whoever else can contribute. You know, at some nights it's been Marcus Garrett. It wasn't his night tonight. Two points, one of four shooting in 26 minutes. Played a lot in the first half, not as much in the second half because KU went to that too big look and Garrett isn't a shooter and KU needed shooters out there to get them back in the game. But you've also seen, I mean, Quentin Grimes against Michigan State. You know, and Vic has been really the biggest guy that has been the, you know, the additional secondary score for KU and that just wasn't there tonight. I'm not necessarily ready to push the panic button yet on the Big 12 season. I mean, KU is a half game behind. They have the same record as Texas Tech. In general, KU does have an advantage because they do get to play Kansas State twice, and they do get to play Texas Tech twice, 
with the next game coming against Texas Tech this Saturday. It's honestly all still to play for. I am just more concerned about KU's play on the road and the lack of leadership that they have shown on the road. I'm not as concerned at home. You know, you can hold serve at home and that is great, but they're going to need to steal a win now on the road. And I I just don't know if it's going to come because going into Bramlage and going to Texas Tech, those, I mean, K-State especially is not an easy place to play. And I mean, Texas Tech is selling out games now, so that's not going to be an easy place to play either. So looking ahead, you know, Texas Tech this Saturday, that is going to be, I know it may sound like a cliche, but I really feel like that is a must-win game for KU. You don't want this team going on a losing streak. You know, it's at two right now, but keeping it from being a streak is important, and you have to hold serve at Allen Fieldhouse. That is the biggest thing. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for more content from the Texas game, and we'll have a ton of good stuff coming from the media availability this week leading into the Texas Tech game, and we're going to have all sorts of coverage of the Texas Tech game this Saturday. In addition, Football National Signing Day is next Wednesday, so we'll have a ton of recruiting stuff for that. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain97. You can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at ChasenScott. And with that said, we will talk to you Saturday night.